This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Oh, wait, you're listening. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <coughs> you're listening, listening to Radio Lab. Radio Lab. Shorts! <laughs> From WNYC. See? Yes. And NPR. Three, two, one. Let me now propose that I'll never count backwards again. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I'm serious. Hey, I'm Chad Abumrad. I am Robert Kulowitz. This is Radio Lab, the podcast. And today on the podcast, a story about a friendship, really. Because in almost any friendship, there'll be a moment where you're looking across at this person you think you know very, very well, and he or she will suddenly say something or do something or think something. That just throws everything into question. Everything up in the air. You think, what? What? <laughs> this is a friendship with a big fat what in it. And the guy that's going to tell us the story is uh, Andy Mills, and I am a freelance radio producer. And the other guy, you'll meet him in a minute. So maybe we should start, like, how did you meet? Like, what was the, where did you lay eyes on each other? Well, it was my sophomore year of college, and it was the time that the freshmen are all moving into the dorms. And I was meeting new people, welcoming the freshmen. Oh, you're an RA or you're some sort of... No, no. Just one of those chatty uh, people in the dorm. You're like, what's your name? Exactly. <laughs> and as I was talking actually to a group of freshmen in my room, I hear this like strange noise from the room next door. It was this kind of low drone. So I kind of peeked over and saw, you know... A, 18 to 19 year old kid in a wheelchair, dark curly hair, and this noise I'd been hearing was his voice. Not even a week later, I run into him in the hallway and I introduce myself. I say, hi, I'm Andy, what's your name? And he said, my name is Con Ashmore. K-O-H-N. Con... Ashmore. Con Ashmore. Yeah. I was on the way to eat lunch, and I invited him to join me. We sit down in the corner, and I notice, like, he brings the fork to his mouth, like, really slowly. Everything about him is is slowed down. But I also notice, like, he's witty, observant. And so, at a certain point in the conversation, I asked him, What's wrong? Like, why Why do you move and talk so slowly? You just asked him flat out? Yeah. Was he offended? Um, no. No. And I think he was, he was relieved to find somebody who was willing to admit that it's a little bit weird. Yeah. Well. And then he tells me the story. The day was. He started at the beginning. November 5th. He said, I was eight years old. I was out in the back 
Yeah, hard. I had this dog. <coughs> the dog had run off. Broke loose of his chain. I ran out into the street. And... The next thing I knew, I was waking up from a coma. Yeah. Huh. Five months. Five months later. He got hit by a car. Yeah. And when you woke up, what had happened to you? What What were the injuries <coughs> you suffered? Well, I couldn't talk. Couldn't move. And then he comes out of it slowly and slowly. But thing is, he, he stays slower. Slow. Very slow. So this is a man who has slowed down globally. Right. Except for, of course, his mind. Mm. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, he does well in school. He's smart. He has a great sense of humor. And we connected, you know. I was his neighbor in the dorm, and we had a lot in common. We liked a lot of the same music. We used to stay up late. I'd play my acoustic guitar, and he would sing Matchbox 20 songs from the 90s. You know, he would... Do you, uh, do you, you must slow down your playing? Is that what My happens? playing is not exactly uh, rock star material or anything. Yeah, I love that song. I think I know it by... wasn't long before we ended up having these really deep conversations into the middle of the night. About what? Well, the fact that both of our parents are divorced and how we both grew up in households that were fighting all the time and having to sleep at grandma's is like a regular part of both of our lives. Khan's parents started uh, fighting a lot after he came out of the coma. The mom blamed the dad for not watching Khan. And yeah, we talked a lot about how like that impacted our life growing up and we just became really close. The level situation. Tell me uh, what you had for breakfast today. You know, I've known Khan for almost a decade. Um, but it wasn't until last summer that I decided to interview Khan on tape. And it was in the middle of this interview that Khan tells me this story that completely changed the way that I think about Khan and his slowness. So I really. The story starts off with him in junior high. First big crush. Julie. Her name was Julie. Back. And he's trying to think of something romantic to do to uh, catch her attention. And he really loves music. He was listening to his Walkman one night and he realized that that's, that's what he wants to do. He would make her a mixtape. A romantic mixtape. And that would be the thing. Huh. So he makes this tape. And then I, he decided that I should. To actually sing a love, song. a love song to Julie. So he writes the song, records it, puts the tape back in the stereo. And when I played it back, Woman is praying that I might. I remember being horrified that's alright even if I scream he felt embarrassed he felt confused screaming crying wait why? well it turns out that was the first time that he had ever heard his voice the way that you and I hear his voice and wait, so wait the wait first time what does that even mean? 
He never like, heard a recording of himself, or well, no. He had not, not only had he never heard a recording of himself, but when he talks, I hear myself like I hear you. What do you mean by that? Like I mean, he tells me that he actually didn't know that his voice was slow. How's that even possible? I mean, does that mean? His brain is speeding up his voice, but not yours? Yeah, he hears me talk normal, and then he hears himself talk normal as well. Like, do you think he's slow and speeding up, or do you think he just thinks he's regular? It's not like he speeds both of us does up. Does he mean like he, your, your voice just, or his voice just feels normal, or does he mean it actually sounds normal? It sounds exactly the same, is what I'm saying. Like, he, he thinks he sounds here the right same. now. He would hear you talk, you'd hear me talk, and then he would say something, and in his head, it's all the same speed. But that doesn't make well, sense because it's like variable speed, you know? I don't think it's, no, I think he thinks he's just normal. I'm normal inside. So we went back and forth and back and forth on this I, I, until finally. I mean, this, we need a specialist at this point. Guess we'll all take our positions. Ready? We ended up calling this guy who we've had on the show before. All right, so Andy Oren's here. Oren Davinsky, neurologist, NYU Medical Center. He's the doctor. Hi, Andy. Hi, Oren. Does Oren... Does Oren know anything? I know, yeah, I, I listen. <laughs> I'm college educated. I mean, not does. Anyhow, Andy ran him through the whole story. Yeah, um, well, he was eight years old, and he was, I believe, I believe everything you've just heard. And here was Oren's reaction. Yeah, so I guess, I, you know, just, it's, it's a fascinating case, and my first clinical question would be, did he know he moved slowly, but Absolutely, not, yeah. But it was only for his own voice that he was unaware that he was different than everybody else. Right. So he does have feedback on himself. The one area he's not getting feedback on is his voice production, which which interestingly happens in post-encephalitic Parkinson's patients. They're slow in all their movements. They're slow getting up out of a chair. They're slow walking. But as with Khan, there are some cases where they just get little focal areas that they don't see their slowness. Hmm. So Oliver Sacks, when he took care of his awakenings patients at Beth Abraham Hospital in the Bronx, would sometimes record their voices and play it back, and they'd say, that's not me. You're, you're fiddling with a tape machine. Huh. That's not my voice. Because really? the voice to them would sound... Too slow. Too slow. Too slow. Yeah, huh. that's exactly con. Do you think his inner voice, his inner mental speed, is truly as fast, or is that also slow? Oh, it's absolutely normal. Okay. Con and I both went to a Christian college. We both made an exodus from that kind of fundamentalist Christian world at around the same time, which involved, uh, you know, long talks about what we believe and what we think we might believe next. And there was never a point where I was having to, like, wait for Khan to make some, you know, mental exercise before he'd respond. And those are some pretty complex things dealing with faith and belief. And what I don't understand fully is why he hears you, Andy, speaking at three times his pace and feel you're normal but something about his own voice feeding back to his own brain, he never perceived that at a different speed yeah. than your voice and everyone else's. Mm. Do, do you, you then trust wonder it? it? Do you, do you, do you we, wonder about maybe, the... Would you suspect that if you met him, you'd learn something different than you... Yeah, no, in medicine, you should always trust the patient's report, but keep in the back of your head a drop of skepticism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But my gut as a clinician is more than 95% it's real. Now, keep in mind, that was not a true clinical diagnosis. That was just Oren Davinsky giving us his gut opinion. Well, I, I, I have a theory. Okay. I have a theory. 
unscientific though it may be. Well, that's that's, that's that what is, we specialize in. Right. <laughs> Welcome to the club. I think that it has something to do with familiarity. Like when I first met Khan and I heard his voice, it was so foreign and so strange, and I and I could hardly make out what he was saying. But now. I'm I'm surprised when people say, "What did he just say?" And I think, "Well, well he just said he's horrified." You know, oh, I I'm I've grown so familiar to his oh, voice that it is it sort of like going into a Shakespeare play and in Act One, Scene One, Act One, Scene Two, you don't know what's going on, but somehow in the second act it begins to click. Exactly, uh, it's that familiarity. And if I have it, I mean, imagine what he must have. Yeah, I've grown accustomed to hearing. Something different. But what I don't get is like, I mean, this went on for years. So how how could no how come no one told him? His I mean, parents how, and his siblings and his friends have never turned to him and said, yeah. "Hey, what? You know, come on, speed it up." They've never ever said that. Well, no, his parents being deaf, you know, crossed them out. They couldn't have told him. His parents are deaf. Both of them. Both of them. And wow. Khan thinks that everyone else just assumed that he knew what his own voice sounded like. Really. Like when you talk to uh, to his friends. Hello. Hey, Haley. Hey. Hello. Hey, Dave. What's up? Oh, not much. What's up, Andy? I mean, and you told him the whole thing. To the point. To what was their reaction? Honestly, most of them didn't believe me. You're kidding. Huh. Did you know this at all? No, I had no idea. I didn't know that. And so his when he speaks, he just thinks that it sounds just like anyone else. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Hmm. That's so sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after he found out about his voice, which I guess was the one thing he thought was normal, um, what did he do? Well, he said, I'm never gonna talk again. Um, did he, did he talk again? Obviously he did, right? <laughs> well, that's the same question I asked him. After you heard that you were different, how long did you go before talking again? And he told me... Um, I do remember going back to school. And he, he doesn't recall, like, the first conversation exactly that he had, but he thinks it went something like... Shut up and leave me the hell alone. He didn't want to talk, but gradually he realized that he kind of had to. And what about singing? You said he he liked to sing. Um. Well, eventually he got comfortable again with the idea of having his voice recorded, his singing voice recorded, and so... After the interview was over, he mentioned the song that he actually had been singing a lot, and so I turned the recorder back on and asked if he would sing it for me. So, tell me the name of the song and then just sing away. This is Grey Room by Damien Rice. Well, I've been here before, sat on the floor in a gray, gray room. It was actually pretty emotional. 
for us both. And as I'm sitting there hearing him sing this song, I'm just wondering, like, what does this sound like in his head? So after I got the tape recorded, I brought it back to my friends in, in Chicago in a band called Hudson Branch, and all of them know Khan. And I asked them, like, do you think that we could maybe play some music to this? So the music could kind of give us a peek into the way that Khan hears it and the way that Khan feels it, and maybe we could feel it too. Stuck by the phone again. <clears throat> well, I've been here before. Sad on the floor in a gray, gray room, gray, gray room. Never gonna talk again. I feel good to you. I always thought of myself as I heard myself as a good say when he heard it by the way did it remind him of anything like what he feels yeah i mean when he heard it he said hell f- yes <laughs> <laughs> it was a quote from him but yeah no he loves it he loves it thanks to producer andy mills who just received a an award at the third coast festival for a shorter version of that piece and thanks also course to con ashmore and the band yeah andy and matt bowl jacob bowl Corey beanard kobe beanard becky bailey enoch kim they call themselves hudson branch becky joined them out of bees bowl bowl beanard beanard and bailey right you know hudson branch could be the name of a rock band that's also a law firm <laughs> anyhow you can find out more about them at radiolab.org or at the hudsonbranch.com i'm robert krolwich i'm jad abunrod and thanks so much for listening
more information about Sloan at www.sloan.org. Yeah! I'm David Remnick, and each week on the New Yorker Radio Hour, my colleagues and I unpack what's happening in a very complicated world. You'll hear from the New Yorker's award-winning reporters and thinkers, Jelani Cobb on race and justice, Jill Lepore on American history, Vincent Cunningham and Gia Tolentino on culture, Bill McKibben on climate change, and many more. To get the context behind events in the news, listen to the New Yorker Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts.